0: Amen. And now Charlotte Mansbury will come forward to read us our Christmas story. I'll be reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from the Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was taken while Quirinius, the governor of Syria, all went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went to the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was a descendant from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in bands of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them at the inn. you will find a child wrapped in bands of cloth and laying in a manger. And suddenly there was within an angel of multitude of the heavenly host and praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace among them who he favors. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go now to Bethlehem and see the thing that has taken place which the Lord has made so known to us. So they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the child laying in the manger. When they saw this, they made known what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it was amazed And that the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all the words and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. This is the word of God for the people of God.
1: Thank you, Charlotte. Good evening, everyone. Well, we're finally here. This is the moment we've all been waiting for. It is the holiest of nights. We have lit the Christ candle. We have been waiting for this for weeks now, not really just during Advent, but of course, even before that time, as we anticipate Christmas. If you're a child, you start anticipating Christmas around December 26th or something like that. But it's uh, good to be in the house of the Lord um, to be able to celebrate with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Let's pray together. Almighty and everlasting God, Lord, we thank you that you came to us. You came to be one of us. You showed us how to live, and in so doing, you bridged the gap that sin had created. Holy God, help us to live as you would have us to live, to be followers of the one who was born this night, Jesus the Christ, amen. You know, when we tell and retell the most important stories of our lives, we often find that every time we tell those stories, there are a few details that we simply can't leave out of the story, right? So like, um, you'll always remember the name of the hotel where you spent uh, your first night on your honeymoon, or the name of the hospital where your first child was born, or what exactly the conditions were were like on that day that you hit a hole in one. I'm still hoping for that day to come at some point, but I guarantee that uh, if I'm ever that lucky, that I will remember every detail of that day. Well, the story of the Nativity, the birth of Christ, is no different. We know this story, Mary, Joseph, Bethlehem, the angels, the shepherds, the wise men. We know there's no room at the inn, and we know that the baby Jesus was placed in a manger. Now it'd be an important story without any of those things, because at the heart of it is this, that God loved us so much that God became one of us, so that we might all love God and love one another. But that's not the way the Gospel of Luke tells the story. The Gospel tells about a baby born to an unmarried couple under extraordinary circumstances. And they tell us where it happened as well, and where it didn't. It didn't happen in Jerusalem, in a palace. It wasn't enough for the Gospels to simply say he was born, or even that he was born in Bethlehem. They tell us he was placed in a manger because there was no room in the inn. Y'all have seen the pictures. A manger isn't much. It's a container for the hay that the animals eat from. It's not a crib. It's not a bed. It's nothing like that. It's perhaps the most unexpected resting place for a newly born Messiah. This is where God spent the night, on the first night God came to earth, in a manger. But as much as we remember that manger, we also remember why Jesus was there. We remember that when Mary and Joseph got to the inn, they were told there was no room for them there. Have you ever wondered if that's really true? You know, have you ever wondered if maybe there was room at the inn, but... This lady shows up nine months pregnant and the innkeeper's like, oh, I'm sorry, we've got no room for you here. Or or I I just want to know, why isn't there a little more compassion for somebody who's nine months pregnant? Can we not find some place that's a little bit better than the stable out back with the animals? But that's the story, right? So Jesus is not born in the inn. There's a Christian tradition about the spot where Jesus was born. I'm pretty excited. I'm actually going to go see that place in February. I'm going to Israel for the first time. I'll be going to Bethlehem with uh, some church members uh, right here from Wrightsville. We're going to be going over there, and we're going to see that spot that tradition says is where God put on flesh and became one of us. Nowadays, there's a church that's built on top of that spot, and it's considered so holy that three different Christian traditions lay claim to it. And as I understand it, there are monks that live there, and they have this kind of uneasy truce about who's in control over the spot where Jesus was said to have been born. Now, I don't think that's what Jesus wants for the place he was born, people fighting over who controls the spot, but we want to remember the spot and keep it holy. You know what we don't remember, though? The name of the inn. Right, That's not written down anywhere. Was it the Bethlehem Hotel? Was it the Road to Nazareth Convention Center? Was it the Holiday Inn? I mean, I don't know. Many people believe it was actually probably a house where the the homeowner just rented out some extra rooms, like an Airbnb, perhaps. We'll never know. But I often wonder if the innkeeper or homeowner ever realized who it was they turned away that night. I wonder if a few decades down the road, Did they ever realize that when Jesus' mom had come to the door, that they didn't give her a spot? Instead, they gave her some hay. Now, if this is just a story about an innkeeper who missed a chance to open the door to the Messiah 2,000 years ago, I wouldn't be telling it tonight. But this isn't about the innkeeper. It's about what God did, and what God still does, and what we can do to get on board with it. You see, Christ still comes into this world. Christmas still happens. It didn't just happen once. God is breaking into the world all the time. Sometimes God knocks at our doors and we're asked if there's room in the inn. And sometimes, (coughs) excuse me, we look out and we don't really like what we see or we don't like what it would mean to let Christ in. And so we close the door and say, I'm sorry, there's no room here. I've got no time for that. But sometimes, even when we don't really want to, even when we're not sure what's going to happen if we open that door, something brings us to do so anyway. And that matters. Because Christmas may be about a story that we read. It may be about Mary and Joseph and the baby in the manger and no room at the inn. But that story teaches us about more than just an event that happened centuries ago. It teaches us about opening ourselves up to what God is trying to do today. And it's about telling God that even if we don't know what it means quite yet, there is still room for God in our lives. And we want to be a part of what God is doing. In fact, I dare say, there's a good chance that if you're here tonight, some part of you wants to be a part of that story. Some part of you wants to be a part of love made real, of God being active in the world, of a world that can change. Some part of you wants to be a part of the Christmas story, maybe not the one that's written in the books from 2,000 years ago, but a part of what God is doing nonetheless. The denomination that this church is a part of, of course, is the United Methodist Church. And it's had a saying that I've always liked, although we've had difficulty practicing it. It goes like this, open hearts, open minds, open doors. You may have heard it. It's been around maybe 20, 25 years. I certainly believe that. And I don't believe that the open doors means that we should leave our churches unlocked all the time, but rather that all people are welcome in the United Methodist Church. But tonight, on Christmas Eve, I'd like for you to look at that phrase slightly differently. What if we started opening our hearts, our minds, and doors to what God is doing in this world? God is still active in the world. God is still showing up in unexpected places. And God's still writing the Christmas story today. God is still writing the story of what happened when Christ first came into the world as the Prince of Peace and what happened next and what happened next to generation after generation until the story has come to us and we will write the next chapter. The question is, do you want to be the innkeeper that closed its doors or do you want to be somebody else? Scripture tells us that out in the fields, there were shepherds that heard that this baby had been born. And they got up, and they ran as fast as they could, and they came to the manger, and they saw this new thing that God had just done in their midst. That's who I want to be on Christmas Eve, and that's who I want to be every day. I want to be the one who doesn't close the doors to to what God is doing, but rather when I hear that God is doing something new, I run and get on board with what that is like that piece of ground in Bethlehem. It's just an ordinary piece of ground until Jesus is born there, and now it's a holy spot. That's the kind of person I want to be. Uh, uh, You know, a regular kind of everyday guy that might be transformed because I let Christ in. I know I can be, and so can you, so can all of us. It's sometimes easy to forget, of course, that that baby grew up to be a man. And when he did, he was asked, what would God have us do? And this is what he said. He said, well, you're supposed to love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. So in other words, open the door, open your mind, open your heart, and let it all in. If Christmas is about the incarnation of God, and this is what God incarnate saw fit to tell us, then that's the ultimate message of the Christmas story. So when the tree is put away, and when Christmas dinner has been eaten, when the nativity set goes back in the box and back up in the attic, know that God will still be moving in this world. And the ultimate test of how well we celebrated Christmas this year will not be in what was under the tree. It'll be in how well we opened our hearts to what God is doing. That's the Christmas experience that we should have each year this Christmas, and every Christmas. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our service continues this evening with Holy Communion, and so I invite you now to turn to page 12 in your hymn book.